website today. To many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. I just want to talk briefly uh, on that topic. Uh, you know, when we recite the Christian creed. Uh, there is a point where we talk about Jesus and we said he was crucified, died, or dead, and buried. Crucified, dead, and buried. Uh, that is the story of Jesus Christ and that is the story of Good Friday. I've always wondered how the disciples would have felt on that day when something they had been pushing out of their minds happened in front of their eyes. Uh, Jesus had been telling them that he would die, that uh, he would be crucified, but somehow they, they didn't want to accept it. <laughs> like most of us, uh, we just say, I refuse it. Peter was the first one who said, I refuse it. Get I, I don't, it will never happen. Jesus said, get behind me. Uh, and Jesus kept saying it. In fact, when they were going to Jerusalem for the triumphant entry, he said to them, we're going to Jerusalem. And the Jews are going to arrest me. And they're going to hand me over to the Gentiles. And I will be crucified. I will be killed. And then I will rise again. Somehow, the, the crucified and rise again part, they never accepted it. It was a reality they didn't want to come to terms with. Because to think of Jesus dead was their hope, everything about them dead. They couldn't even contemplate resurrection because resurrection to them was not a possibility. So if he died, that would be it. But he was crucified, he died, and he was buried. And on Sunday, we would know that Good Friday was not the end of the story because he rose again from the dead. Amen. So I'll read briefly... Uh, from Matthew chapter 20, verse 17 to 19. Matthew 20, 17 to 19. Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge, and crucify, and the third day he will rise again. Can you imagine the detail with which Jesus predicted his own death? That's extraordinary. It's like somebody telling you that in the year 2057, I will be so and so and so and so and so and so. I push it to 2057 so you won't think it's coming now. <laughs> because, you know, in Ghanaians, even if you are joking and you cite example, they, they don't want that example. It's too close. So it's, okay, 2077. 
Is it far enough for you? Or 2089? Far, 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 far away. And, and somebody says, this is what is going to happen. And, and predicts to detail the process that will lead to his death and what will happen after his death. And that's what Jesus Christ did. So, crucifixion or the death of Jesus Christ was not a shock to him. It was not a surprise to him. He was not overtaken by events. You know, sometimes when people talk about the death of Jesus Christ, they talk about it as if Jesus Christ was a good man and people didn't like him, people were jealous of him, and, and they arrested him and crucified him. Yeah, that, that is all true. But Jesus was required to die. He was required. There was nothing he could do about it. He knew there was nothing he could do about it. That was the deal that brought him to the earth. He was born to die. And not just to die normally like every human being would die, but to die a specific death. And that death was going to be very, very horrible. We've sung about it. We've read about it. But I don't think we can ever imagine it to the fullness. What happened that day at Calvary. Jesus the Son of God, crucified. And John chapter 19, verse 17 to 18, which we read, says, He bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. John says two others, but Luke in chapter 23, verse 33, clarifies it a little further. And Luke says, and when they had come to the place called Calvary, they, they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And there are four words I'm going to uh, focus on, uh, but I'm going to touch on these four words. The first is the cross. Everybody say the cross. The cross was the instrument of Jesus' death. And he carried the instrument of his death. To imagine that you are going to die and you knew the instrument that would be used to end your life. And you carried that instrument to the place of death. The cross was the instrument of his death. To the Jews, the cross was a curse. To the Romans, it was the most extreme punishment they could give to anybody. If it was in this time, it would be like somebody who was going to be executed by firing squad and he carried the gun that would be used to shoot him. Or somebody who was going to be killed by some other means whether by hanging and he carried the rope or somebody who was going to have lethal injection pushed into him and he carried the chemicals and the injection that will be pushed into his veins. The Romans did that to humiliate people 
so that you will carry the instrument that will be used to carry you. They didn't even think themselves fit to carry that instrument for you. And for Jesus, he was whipped. And normally when you were scourged, that should have been the end of your punishment. Because that's what Pilate was attempting. That's why Jesus had to be scourged. He had to be whipped. Because he wanted to release Jesus. So after he whipped him, he brought Jesus out to the Jews and said, Okay, I've beaten him and he suffered enough. Let him go. They said, No, no sir, no sir, no sir. Then he tried another one. He says, okay, I have another prisoner here. W would you let him go? The most despicable prisoner. He killed you guys. Do you want Jesus so that this criminal will be punished? They said, no, give us a criminal. Because they were determined Jesus had to be crucified. So the cross... It's the first thing we notice here, and Jesus carried the instrument of his death. The second thing we see is Calvary. Calvary is the place of his death. The place of his death. The English term Calvary is from the Latin Calvaria, which is from the Greek word cranion, and the cranion means skull skull so it was a place of the skull now we talk about Calvary, Calvary, Calvary it just means skull we're not too sure why it was called skull Golgotha, Calvary cranium a skull uh, and there are many reasons some believe that, uh, that the, the hill looked like a skull and so people call it a skull Others believe that it was called a skull because it was a, a place of execution. So there were many skulls, people's heads, people being killed there, and their skulls were all over the place. That's why it was called a skull. But Calvary was also a rubbish dump. It's a place where you take what you don't like and dump it there. Of course, if, if it's an execution ground, nobody was going to go there and do anything nice. That's the place where you throw our rubbish. So Jesus was taken to a place, the dumping ground. The dumping ground. It, it's, it's like somebody uh, is going to be executed and they take him to a dumping ground. Maybe a Gobloshi before it was cleared. And, and take him there. You know, People like to die in a nice place. You want to die in a nice place. You don't want to die in a gutter. You don't, where, where did he, where did he die? Oh, he, we found him in a gutter. Or oh, where he, where, where, where did he die? Oh, we found him at the rubbish dump. He was somewhere there in the, on the rubbish dump. That's not how you want to be remembered. That's not how you want to remember your parents. But that's where Jesus was crucified on the rubbish dump and he knew it and to think that this is the creator of the universe who came from heaven with all the glory with angels at his command and submitted himself to that level and the third is crucified crucified what was the means of his death the cross is the instrument crucified is the means 
And the Romans didn't joke about crucifixion. It was a very, very brutal punishment. It was dishonorable. And they crucified people, for example. They didn't crucify people to honor them. They crucified people to disgrace them. The people who hung at Calvary, and in, that's in Jesus' case, the cross was normally about eight feet tall. Probably something like that. This height. That's the height of a cross. You know, many times when we paint Christian pictures, we, we distort reality. We distort. So when you see a cross, the cross is very high and Jesus is hanging over there. And if he's hanging over there, nobody will hear him talking and you can't pierce his side with a sword, with a spear. No, that, that's not, the cross is not far away. The cross is just about this height. So Jesus is hanging about two feet from the, the ground. And so if he's an average person like me, <laughs> average man like me, then Jesus probably with about six feet or a little over six feet. So, so if the cross is, is about eight feet height, then probably he's just about a foot from the ground. So his feet will be somewhere here. His head is somewhere there, probably another foot for the head of the cross. So, so the people standing by him, they were standing in front of him. There's no distance between him and them. That's why he could converse with them. That's why he could see his mother and see John. And, he, he, and that's why people would, 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 would insult him. And those days, you know, it was done that way so that people, even passers-by, somebody would just pick a stone and throw it at you. Or some rotten fruit and throw it at you. They come and spit on you as the Jews normally were prone to do. So that's what is going on. It's not a faraway cross that is removed. It is, he's right in the face of the people. And the people are just around here. And they're watching him. And, and the idea is for people to watch you suffer. And watch you die. So that they would not attempt to disobey Roman order. And normally when people hung on the cross, it's a very painful, they cry. They cry. And then you get to a point where you can't breathe. Then you get thirsty. And you just die slowly. Just die slowly. And so that's what Jesus is going through. And if we, you remember the accounts, they are insulting him. You, you, you got out, you said you are the son of God. Get out from the cross. They are not saying it to somebody up there. They are saying it to somebody close to them. And probably in doing that, they throw out something at him. Get out from the cross. And I don't know about you, but... He who had the power to resurrect is still there. Can he get out from the cross? Of course he can. He walked on water. He came through a tomb with rolled stones. He walks through walls. But he's not responding because he has to be there. He has 
to be there. And the last word I want you to consider is criminals. Jesus didn't die with good people. For heaven's sake, none of us wants when you die, your body is mixed up with armed robbers. Can you imagine? They say some armed robbers were shot at some place I won't mention because some of you may live there. But some place far away. Oh, the police went on a raid and, and, you know, they had a shootout with armed robbers and five armed robbers were shot. And then they go to inspect the bodies. And that's your father with them. That's not how you want to die. Mixed up with criminals. Jesus died not with philosophers. Not with revolutionary leaders. That would have been nice. You know, agitators. People who want to overthrow the Roman government. Ah, that's, that's a noble death. But this is pure, common city thieves. And he's there in the midst. The son of God. So when they said, come out, he didn't come down from the cross. And he didn't stop the process. Not because he didn't have power to do that. He had said to his disciples in Gethsemane, don't you know? That I have legions of angels that if I say charge, this thing is changing because even one angel can clear all these people. And I have legions of them. And to all intents and purposes, the angels are boiling with anger because they have no idea what is going on. They don't understand salvation they don't they don't understand the price he's paid they just know this is our creator and look at what he's done and he says we shouldn't do anything about it so he goes through all of that because a price has to be paid and i like what one of the thieves said he said you know we are common criminals if they punish us this way it's fine but this man as far as I know, the thief is saying, from my own view, this guy doesn't deserve this. That's from a thief's point of view. But if you're looking at it from a heavenly point of view, is the creator of all things and the creator of those same people who is being punished this way. And he allows it to happen. Because he has something in mind. That's something that should have happened to all of us. He would take it upon himself. So that we would not go through that. The hell that you must go through. As a consequence of your sin. Was the hell that he went through. He went through hell. So we would not go through hell. He took our pain so we can take his peace. He took up our suffering so we can take his blessing. And on that hill called Calvary, a great transaction was completed. The pure for the impure, the holy for the unholy. That we who are afar of might be drawn nigh unto him. Jesus went to the lowest level to take us to the highest heights so that we can be seated with him in heavenly places.
that we can have access to God. And on that cross, that one thief said, I know I'm dying for my sins. But this man is not dying for his sins. So he said, Lord, remember me. He did something very important. He acknowledged his sin. And then he acknowledged Christ. That is what is required for salvation to take place. To acknowledge your sin and to acknowledge who Christ is. And in that moment when he acknowledged his sin and acknowledged who Christ is, this thief passed from judgment unto justification. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otibin, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otibin. Email otibin at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.